Hello, welcome uh, to another uh, Azure Centric podcast, our weekly update show with my good friend Andrew Lowe's. This week, Andrew, I don't know what happened on, on Microsoft, <laughs> but as, yeah, as like sure. as, as last week, um, I think we are reaching, I know, I know why, uh, or I think I know why, um, we are reaching to the quarter. At the end of the quarter. Oh, no, the end true. of the quarter. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, it's March. It's I, March. I think, but yeah, it's it's not yeah. even that. So well, it was the big push push for a month end, right? Uh, nonetheless, there was uh, like what something like thirty five uh, updates on the just the updates blog. Yes. So we kind of uh, did a very aggressive uh, kind of three times over, <laughs> and we cut a, we cut a lot. So yes, this time we caught more than than a half. So we have about fifteen updates uh, on mm -hmm. on the show. So we have a big agenda again. Uh, I don't want to scare you that you are listening, uh, but uh, I just want to give you kind of a, a an idea. It's a very good one. We just got the need of the updates, and there are a few updates that. They, I have to say that they did change the way. There is a lot of announcements, a lot of retirements. Unfortunately, um, if we were a professional kind of podcast, not an amateur like ours, uh, we will have some kind of those sounds saying waving goodbye <laughs> and something like that. And you will. See... I always think of the Simpsons with the, <laughs> the mixing board with the radio morning DJs. Yeah, and they they have like a, a toilet flushing sound or something Absolutely. like that. <laughs> But it's terrible. But this show without you, it's impossible to make it. So thank you, absolutely, uh, thank for, you your so support, much, for your support. For your support, don't forget to subscribe the channel, uh, the podcast, the show. Uh, we have a lot of fun. We literally spend one hour just laughing about <laughs> about a lot of those things. Um, just did. just to give an idea. And because this, I think, we are back into almost night, as you can see uh, from the Andrew's window. Um, <laughs> but we we decided to do this as the old-fashioned way, uh, just for our peace. We had a very busy week as well on mm. uh, on Azure and on work, so we decided to do to keep going with this. Without further ado, let's start. Let's start the show, right? So the Absolutely, the show must go the on. The show must go on, exactly. The first update is the Azure Image Builder service, now GA. And what I like about this, okay, is first of all, it's nothing to do with update. It's something that we are starting to see in our show that we see the evolution of this coming. A lot of updates, Absolutely. they coming in development. A lot of they don't come in development, right? They came in preview. This was a preview that we mentioned a few episodes back, okay? So um, I will link to the top of the screen, in this case, the episode they're talking about this as the, as the, the preview, uh, in this case. Um, and I will, uh, and this basically is GA now. So Azure Image Builder service 
is absolutely GA. and I, i'd actually like to point out if you go to uh microsoft docs as of uh this evening it is actually not updated that's how fresh this is so it still says that the preview features are available even though ga has now been released yes so one of the things that i really uh, i remember talking about this when it was in preview and we talked about creating gold images gold uh, you know golden images gold image gold standard image whatever uh your org calls it but it's very important. And one of the things that I noticed in the Microsoft Docs is they actually added through the preview process uh, creation of images in VHD format to support Azure Stack. So uh, it's not just uh, Azure IaaS that's supported uh, in this case for images. It's also supporting Azure Stack uh, for custom images, right? Yeah, exactly. It is. And, and, and there is a lot of good thing about about this um the part and i and i went i had to go sorry i apologize but i, I had to go to to the to the docs right and it's literally like you said it's <laughs> it's dated and it, and the thing is this is dated of second <laughs> of may 2019 yeah. and it says preview azure image image yeah. azure image builder overview you know what it is? It's probably somebody wrote the draft and it was Friday afternoon and they said, ah, don't worry about it. We'll catch that Monday morning before <laughs> anybody notices. <laughs> yes, true, true. Uh, and that can 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 literally happen that without without anything. But Well, we, we do have to acknowledge we do record this uh, post business day. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sometimes those things happen on a Friday. People want to go skiing or uh, biking or whatever people that are allowed to go outside do. <laughs> exactly. Depending on... Not that I'm feeling bitter about it right now. No, no, no. We, we didn't understand that part. <laughs> it really depends on where are you located, where are you listening and seeing the podcast, exactly. and what your government does. Here in Alberta, we are allowed to go out, but uh, not to every single place yet. That's uh, true. We are going. We a are lot of times, there. I just don't have the time to go outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the other problem. That's. I think it's it's a different problem, but that's okay. It, go, it is. Let's let's go back to Image Builder. Yes, absolutely. So we this did is work. a really really cool thing to have in GA because now orgs can actually build their custom images in cloud. So another uh, very major move towards cloud native which is very important that we keep kind of things close together is the way I like to try and describe that. Yeah. Um, you know, we can, uh, we're going to long be in a hybrid model for many companies, uh, but some companies may choose to go either direction, right? They may favor on-prem or they may favor cloud. So it's really nice that we can keep images closer in cloud to the systems that are going to consume them. First of all, it's going to be much faster, but second, uh, it's also going to be less data transfer, which is cheaper. Yeah. So uh, really cool. Um, yeah, a lot of good opportunity in this one. And I, I really like, it's, uh, at the same time as I'm talking, I'm looking through the, the MS doc at some of the, the JSON build um, pieces here. And yeah. uh, I think there's a lot of flexibility with this. 
And it's going to be really cool to see as this product evolves in uh, in, in general re release. There we go. That was hard to say. But I have to say one thing is I was looking at the at the previous um, um, update because when I was reading this, I got an impression that they add some of those fixtures. And uh, one of the fixtures that they are, that they are adding this is... Um, this the Windows Virtual Desktop environment. Mm -hmm. So that is one of the things that the Image Builder service now does. That if yeah, I'm not mistaken, strange, right? that mistaken, it was not on the preview. Okay. Uh, I did not see it in the preview that I was just reviewing. And so I think that that's a net new, which is really super cool because now we can do code-based builds of images for uh, WVD, right? Exactly. I mean, freaking awesome. And there are two other things. It's it's the integration with Azure DevOps that was not there before. The patching was it, but if you want to really doing this on the on the way that this service is working, you want to base your images on this image builder. You want to create your images like like you mentioned the gold image and Azure DevOps integration now it's it's key for that. So it's way easier to do it. And the last but not least is the integration with in Azure with the VNet connectivity for enterprise network options. So oh, yes. something like public IPs and something like that, now you can build yep. the image according to that. And Without the public IP. And I will highly recommend you to go to the podcast that we talk about that. Because I'm almost sure that those are the three things that they added on this service as a GA. And yeah, this... absolutely. Yeah, I'm not 100% on the Azure Stack ad. I just don't remember seeing yes. it. Yes, the part of uh, Azure Stack I don't remember as well, so I will keep it that part. But the patching, of course, and the creating, the customizing, and the compliant, it was there since the beginning. And this yeah. is another point that we always mention every single week when we have a preview that things may change. It's not to deploy in production, but because things may change, you may need to redeploy this. In this case, they are adding more features, so which is really good uh, on this GA, right? And that's, yeah. that's so the part it, that excites me the most. That's a really good point because uh, I actually, as you know, I have, a, I have a client I'm working with right now, and uh, we're actually working in Azure VMware service. And uh, one of the features is in private preview for SRM, the, the site replication yeah. to use for DR, right, in VMware. But uh, they really want to roll it out. They want to test it. And uh, we had to very clearly define what that means. So we had to make sure that we had a commitment from the different teams that, yes, we're going to enable this as a private preview, but at the same time, we're going to say you cannot do this in uh, in uh, a prod uh, network. So you can't move active production workloads using SRM uh, in this case. And it was it's very important because it it may not be stable. It might be okay. That's the one thing to say is it might be okay. But that might uh, is a pretty big might, and uh, I don't like to gamble with production workloads on a maybe. So uh, it is important if something's in preview, private preview, public preview, 
that is not intended for production use. So uh, a big speech, but it's really it's really interesting because we see this play out at our client sites uh, time and time again. And uh, I just I wanted to drive that home. I know that there's a few folks from the company that I'm working with right now that do listen to our Azure centric podcast. So oh, uh, so yeah. we increase from nine to ten now. We're I think we might be hitting double digits. <laughs> wow, <Yeah. laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Exactly. So enough with the lecturing. Exactly. Uh, it is a tradition here. We have to have a lecture on a weekly basis about, please, yes. preview? No. no, not on prod. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next update talking about is the E. This is a mouthful one. Uh, I will let you just talk oh, about Oh, do you want that. me to take this one? Yes, I please. I got you. I, can't, I can't promise I'll do any better, but I'll do it. So the E64i V3 and E64IS V3, Azure VMs will not be hardware isolated on the 28th of February next year in 2022. So we're getting a full one year plus six minus days. a couple of days, depending on published date. Yeah, six um, days. Uh, notice on this one. Yeah. And this one is actually important because uh, as we were talking about in our uh, preview getting ready for this, um, there's some tie-ins to these, right? Yes. So a lot of different certifications for different programs. Uh, you know, especially we always think of SAP HANA when we think of hardware uh, and uh, the tiers of dedicated yeah. hosts. These are the big boys, right? Yeah. So these are the big ones where you have the dedicated hosting in the E-series. And uh, I just want, before we going on that rabbit hole or, 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 or on that, to just step back a little bit and probably revisit what is the Azure dedicated host. Because that could be simple to understand the next few updates that we're talking about. And we'll make probably make totally understand, uh, uh, talking more sense uh, for you that you are listening and, and seeing the podcast, that why is this coming and why we have all of these um, announcements in this case of retirement or changing in this case on the Azure environments. So so that's a good point. So I'm going to go right to the horse's mouth on this one, uh, right from Azure. Uh, I should say Azure online uh, support here. So a dedicated host provides physical servers that host one or more Azure virtual machines. Your server is dedicated to your organization and workloads. So it also means that uh, not only do you provision the host, uh, when you provision the host, I should say, you gain visibility into and control over the server infrastructure. So you are now determining the host's maintenance policies, right? Yes. Um, so that is direct from the horse's mouth there. And this is basically the same as standing up a bare metal in your own data center on-prem, right? So this is the Azure version of bare metal, which is a dedicated host. Yes. But yet you can dynamically provision uh, this piece of physical hardware in Microsoft's rack. Yes. And and the thing about about all of that, and and I was exactly uh, doing the same, um, uh, is this is a dedicated host. So you have, uh, in this case, hardware isolation. So it's not on the same platform and manage manageability that you have on other VMs. 
and all of these VMs will not be hardware isolated. So what does that mean? Means that all of these type of VMs that they are huge, okay, we're talking about very big VMs, are getting as a normal VM. So this is for me is hides another update that's saying that the hosts that they are hosting these VMs are getting bigger and bigger. And if you read on the, in this case, on the, um, on the post, in this case, they say that one of the things is before February 28th of 2022, so next year, around this time frame, you should migrate your workload to the E80s IS. That's right. And E80s IS V4. So those are not normal VMs. Those are a beast <laughs> of VMs. Yeah. Well, so when we talk about the E and then a number, we're talking about <laughs> the number of cores. Yes. Like the number of virtual CPUs, right? Yeah. So the E64 has the 64 CPU. So that means the E80 has what, like 150? Well, it's going to have 80, right? Yeah. So uh, this is big. So an E80 uh, ha also comes 80 CPUs, obviously, but 504 gigs of RAM. Just. And uh, the, the temp storage is uh, 2.4 terabytes, by the way, 2,400 gigs. Um, okay, so for those that are going to be very specific about math, that was just divide by 10 for me. That's not divide by 1,024. That was not a perfect equation there. I just thought I should point that out because I know I would have said something about that. <laughs> <laughs> so if some clone of Andrew is listening to the podcast, right? Absolutely. So one of the interesting things uh, is I'm just looking at the general, uh, general release pricing for Canada Central on an E80. And if you do a one-year reserved, it's $4.78 roughly per hour off of the Azure site. So that's pretty expensive for a VM. Uh, but in this case, it's not really a VM. It's kind of a VM, but not really, right? It's the dedicated host. Yeah, it's a VM that that's runs on, on, on the dedicated host and that's on the hardware, on the yeah, hardware exactly. that you so, can control in this case. Because exactly. a lot of those things, it's compliance. And and, and we talk about, about this. Yeah, we talk about the verticals. The right? GS, in this case, the SAP adder, like you mentioned. And as a good segue, the other announcement related to this, and they are three, this is the second one, is the GS5 Azure Virtual Machines will no longer be SAP ANA certified by the same date, February 28, to, uh, February 28 well, 2022. And the reason so it why... the same date. It is, because those machines, okay, uh, that they are the GS, that they are... It was the first generation of the beasts, okay, it was the GS series or the G series, okay? Um, it was the first, they are being, it's not this commission, but they are moving away from those hardware isolation, right? They're gonna be virtualized. They're gonna be virtualized. Dedicated. So I don't want to iman imagine what is the, in this case, the specifications uh, of the hosts that will host these beasts. I really don't <laughs> want to know because I think it's going to blow my mind. And it's going to be wild. And it's going to be really wild. But again, if you have SAP ANA, okay, that is um, running into these type of the VMs, 
the thing that they are saying over here is SAP, in this case SAP, will no longer certify those series. So you might still running those, okay? And let me clarify about this. You might still running those, but you will not get support from SAP. Either from, that's, you that's will get support for Microsoft because it's a, a G series and they are not discommissioned this G series, but you will not get support from SAP. And that is the part that they are starting to say over here is, is no longer certify for SAP ANA. Okay, so you need to move on to another ones like the E64 that we talk about or mm -hmm. even the E80s or any other type of VM that you want to use it in this case, right? And this is this is something that I think is, is worth mentioning and continuing on the same segue uh, then becomes the, the, the announcement that triggers the previous announcement that the G5 and the GS5 VMs will no longer have hardware isolation. So this means right. that they will be available, okay? But they will not be on the dedicated hosts, on the dedicated hardware. So you will no longer have access to as the compliant hardware, like you mentioned, from from the uh, the azure.microsoft.com, the, the, the horse mouth, like you mm -hmm. mentioned. Uh, they will no longer be on that part. And because of that, you need the a lot of things coming on the cascade, right? Azure well, command line and Azure portal is going to be different because you don't longer have those capabilities of managing the dedicated ghosts, for example. Exactly, right? Yeah, and you also lose control over the updates because you're not managing. Exactly. And that's important. Uh, because uh, if you're in an ecosystem where you have to have tight control over that for compatibility and especially for downtime, yeah. uh, then, you know, moving a host that size, like a VM that size, you may have an interruption here and there. Um, you know, sometimes these things happen, but that's why we need to configure things for high availability and we have to stay on top of these updates for our environments. Uh, really important. Yeah. It's a big reason why we actually do this podcast. Absolutely. So that people can uh, get a quick heads up uh, in most cases. Now, uh, I think if we want to keep moving ahead pretty quick on this. But uh, let me just, you just mentioned one thing I think it's really important to mention in, in, in this show, in this podcast, that if this is not the same, but you might think, but, but, in this case, if we starting, if we stop the VM for a few moments and changing the size is not going to be the same. In this case, it's not because this VM is on a dedicated host. So if you're moving, for example, from this G series, the G5 or GS5, for example, to the E80s, like we mentioned, or the E64 or, or the E80s that they have dedicated hosts, now you are building a new host, a new VM. It's not the same as you going on the portal, shut down the VM, going there on the properties upsize, yeah. and going to the upside. So it's totally different, like you mentioned. And I think it was yeah. important to mention over here on, on, on the podcast because I'm following, in this case, your direction. Like if we can help just one person, 
we are golden. It's it's our gold. It's it's true, and I like what you're saying about that because uh, when I've done this with bare metals in Azure before, it can take about thirty minutes to two hours, depending on what's happening in the background. Uh, it does a lot of provisioning. It's provisioning that host, making sure that it's in compliance, all of those things. It runs a lot of uh, you know different uh, infrastructure code to make sure that it's ready for your system. And then they have to move that system. So even though we're talking Azure Backbone, which, you know, what a standard is 10 gig uh, upgrade in many cases is 100 gig on these bigger systems. But uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, these are very large workloads yeah. uh, on these systems, right? So there's typically going to be a ton of data with it. And it's not only so, that, it's, it's adding to that is the capacity of now going from a GS5 to a E80, in this case, type yeah, of size of VM. It's a big upsize as well. So there is the capacity of those dedicated hosts. As you can imagine, they can. it's one thing talking about VMs on your infrastructure. The other thing about is talking about running that VM on a dedicated host that you have control, right? So I can tell I spent the day in VMware because uh, I'm thinking to myself, just thin provision it. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I need a beer. <laughs> oh, my God. Just one? One at each time, right? I, I'm, I'm going to stay professional. I need a beer. <laughs> I need a beer. I like that. I like that. So as the next update, changing subjects, uh, Azure Automation it's now available on the uh, United Emirates. Uh, United Emirates. No, United Arab Emirates, right? Yeah. I always That's confusing. Central region. Uh, well, we're just going to say UAE. UAE. I think it's easier. Yeah. So this is cool because uh, I think for like the last four weeks in a row, there's been something about Azure automation somewhere. Yes. Uh, I remember there was a week we had two in Japan or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, now we have UAE. So it's really cool. Um, you know, one of these times we're going to create a map and we're going to just track. Uh, we're going to just pick one topic, one service, and we're going to track as it's released worldwide across all the data centers for Azure. That is That's a very awesome idea. Just to see how the things are deploying and moving on. We should have a track, some kind of a, uh, a dashboard. Uh, that's a very, that's, my God, we are inspired today, I have to Once say. Once in a while, I have a good idea. I got to ride that sucker for the next week now. <laughs> <laughs> so coming to not very happy news, okay. Uh, Microsoft is retiring the Network Performance Monitor on February 29, 2024. And this is the part that I start liking. We have a few updates regarding these retirements and they are giving <laughs> a head update. They, they are giving a quite of time for you to moving on and to learn about, so, about so this the new tools. So this is an interesting one. So this hits, this hits home for me because I'm still uh, pulling data from a uh, 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 network performance monitor <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so in my own subscription because 
uh, as is often the case, we always put our clients first. And uh, by the time we have family first and client first and the dog comes first, and then, uh, you know, somebody up the street comes first and we help everybody, our own stuff. Uh, here I am still using network performance monitor, even though I know that it's pretty deprecated. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not setting a good example, but uh, now I'm going to have to because I'm going to have to move everything to Azure you, Monitor. You still have three years, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's uh, okay with that. Uh, but the good know, thing about these is they are announcing these with three years ahead. So uh, if you like us, and then I'm going to do the challenge, and I'm going to steal your idea. Uh, <laughs> if, I know where you If you so. if you like this video, and only if you like this video, and you're sending a message with the liking video, we will create for you <laughs> a calendar update. <laughs> To just custom calendar custom, event, a very custom just calendar update, just for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. We'll absolutely do it. I will make the time. Because for to be very honest, I will forget about this. Absolutely sure in three years. Although, yeah, although I have you know to what? say, let's let's let's, uh, let's sweeten the pot a little here. Yeah. So not only. Uh, will uh, Marcos and Andrew create a custom calendar event for you from Azure Centric? We will also list your name on a future podcast <laughs> as one of the very dedicated uh, participants with Azure Centric. Yeah. Weekly updates podcast that takes initiative to upgrade and update their Azure infrastructure and services. Absolutely. That's a very, it's a leader position. It's a leader, okay. it's a leader position. Absolutely. But in this case, now jokes aside, and we are, we are having too much fun on this episode. I don't, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm starting not using these on the new things, to be very honest. Uh, mm. Because I did see the value. I was playing around. I had, I was working in this case, on the new features of the NSGs, for example, when you get all of that information. And I was using the Azure Network Watcher. And this is what I've been replaced by, is the Network yeah. Performance Monitor is going to be replaced by the Azure Network Watcher, that it's way better than this. So jokes aside, just go there. Um, and, and start to using, start to get familiar with Azure Network Watcher because you will not regret it. Um, but, but be careful if you rolled it out previously uh, because uh, coming up in our next one, there's a little bit of a catch about Azure Network Watcher, I think, right? Yes. But I have to say one thing is that is mentioned there. That is Ashen require in this case on on, on the po on, on the it post is. is starting on July first, in this case of this year. So in a few months, you will not be able to add new tests uh, in existing workspace or enable new workspace in Network Performance Monitor. So they will That's be discommissioned this in three years, but starting in July, you are not able to. Add those. Yeah, you can't extend it anymore, and you can you can use what you have, yeah. but you're kind of stuck. 
It's. It, I think the way they do that is actually uh, a very positive thing, right? I think it is. Because they try to uh, convince us and kind of move us towards using the newer uh, service offering instead of the older one. Um, a lot of times it's like, you know, you think of like the Windows XP problem where so many corporations and organizations were really heavily invested in it. And kind of at the same time, you know, we started seeing a very good push towards continuous improvement within Microsoft as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, everything's kind of come together. So we have a much faster product ecosystem now. And we have to accept some of those changes. So without getting too deep down that very deep rabbit hole, uh, I just want to say, um, you know, be open to those changes, be open to the updates. Um, Azure Network Watcher is very good. Um, so is Azure Monitor. Uh, it's, you know, they all kind of, uh, everything works really well together, right? Of, of course, yeah. because uh, that's the way they build them. Absolutely. <laughs> but, and, and, but in, yeah. Go, go ahead, sir. No, go ahead. no, you first, you first. <laughs> I was, I was just thinking, um, I actually have some custom code to update, um, in this case with, um, with Network Watcher, because uh, I did have a little bit of uh, customizations done in my own tenant that I was testing for a client many years ago. I think it was like two or three years ago now. Seems like forever, I guess. But uh, it's uh, it's just one of those things. So, uh, you know, get in, get a head start. I love that they're telling us three years in advance, but I also think it's pretty funny. Um, I might take you up on that offer for the calendar reminder too. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay, and, and and as a good segue, okay, uh, they are retiring as well the Azure Network Watcher connection monitor on the classic version. Okay. Yeah, the first version. The first version. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so this is related to the let's call it. I like to call it the V1 of Azure. That is the ASM, right? The Azure mm -hmm. Service Manager. Now we are on Azure Resource Manager. Uh, so yep. I call it the, the version two, um, uh, particular in this case uh, of Azure, and and this is again everything you see in class and uh, that mentioned classic, it's attached to the Azure Service Manager that they are uh, moving on it's to also the, retiring also believe, retiring right? as yep. well that platform. So again, exactly the same dates, exactly the same the the same. Um, Action required starting on July to July 1st. That is the new year for Microsoft, the new fiscal year for Microsoft. You will not able to add new connection on the uh, connection monitor classic. In this case, you are only being using what's called the new connection, the new connection monitor that is on the ARM portal. On this case, with the ARM version. Uh, so I know my ADD is starting to kick in, Marcos, uh, because as soon as you said July was the new year, all I can think to myself is, wait a minute, that means March is the end of Q3, which means that it's almost summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, my friend. Gladly that job. that winter is only F, theoretically is only F, uh 20 something days uh, that's great news that is so ladies and gentlemen 
Uh, I think you all underestimate how hard Marcos has to work uh, for this podcast just to keep me on task. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this this has already been uh, my... Uh, I already said this several times during this show on different episodes. This is one of the highlights of the of my week is is ending the week with this because I feel way better after drinking a beer uh, after the show right and mm-hmm. and going on the on the on the weekend and relaxing and preparing the next week uh, as will as we prepare for the next one okay that's, this is true. This is true. So this was uh, my favorite one when we were doing our uh, review uh, for the articles in the show, which was really hard this week because there was a lot of updates and we had to cut some stuff that we really liked. So, uh, I mean, if you're looking for a very thorough review, please visit, uh, visit Azure Updates blog and check out all of the updates that we do and do not talk about. We try to stay a little bit focused for uh, our areas of expertise in Azure. Uh, So we tend to stay away from some of the DevOps things. We mentioned some that are relevant for crossover, but there's lots of other data ones uh, and app-driven ones that we don't talk about. So if those areas are also important for you or your organization, uh, we always encourage everybody, just absolutely everybody, go visit uh, azure.microsoft.com, uh, dig through, have a look. It's a massive, massive amount of data in the in the sites and subsites. But nonetheless, this update is about uh, sometime three years from now, we're, <laughs> we're going to have to make sure that we update our scripts using AZ PowerShell modules. Yeah. So there's been lots of updates with uh, Azure RM, PowerShell. And uh, I think over the last, uh, what, maybe uh, six months or something, uh, it's updated a few, quite a few times, like minor updates. Yeah. So uh, this is the kind of the cue, hey, if you have a lot of uh, scripting in place, and I know I use a lot of run books and things, I'm going to have to take a look at some of mine. Um, so, uh, you know, this is your heads up plan for it. And I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of organizations really take advantage of runbooks in cool ways. Um, we were talking about this uh, this week and yeah. uh, we uh, we've seen uh, not just from, you know, different consultants, but also ourselves. We produce these runbooks to help with governance uh, long term because we can schedule them. We can use them to generate reports or Uh, In my case, uh, I love not just generating the reports, but also making the changes to keep everything in compliance. Yes. Uh, So that's where I see uh, a lot of like a big value. Um, There's so many different uses uses and use cases. There we go. Sorry, it just came out all as one crazy word there. But uh, there's many uses and use cases. (laughs) That's going downhill fast here. for uh, runbooks and easy PowerShell, yes. so please. Uh, I have to say, good, good. but I agree with you. This is the third time on the history of PowerShell for Azure that has been updated. The first one was using only the Azure one, okay. And now that was more for the again for the version one. It was more connected to the version one at that time. 
uh, like the ASM, uh, the mm-hmm. Azure Service Manager. And then when when we starting to use the ARM, in this case, the Azure Resource Manager, they update with Azure RM at that time. Uh, and now they, they shorten that to AZ. So again, this is the way that Microsoft is saying that you have three years, okay, that you need to update those PowerShell commands that are still running right now, okay, with Azure RM, although they are not being updated with a lot of the, the, the new features, okay, you have to take that in consideration and to update to the AZ one, okay. They are trying to make this as similar as the Azure CLI as well mm-hmm. to very familiar so then you can choose because even azure cli is not on the same level as powershell but it's starting but there's a bit of difference there has a bit of really difference or it's really close it's getting there and the good thing about this that there is a, a hidden update on this is the end date is going to be on the leap on the leap year because it's going to be it on is. the 29 of February 29. I don't know if you noticed that part. I did. I was hoping you were going to pick up on it. If not, I was going to add it at the end. Yeah, because they already announcing Microsoft is always ahead of the game that in 2024 is going to be a leap year. And I'm already scared because I'm not dealing very well with leap years. So, uh, but the good thing is, I uh, and I have a tip for everyone is... I use, in this case, to update all my PowerShell scripts. Guess what? Azure DevOps. Oh, very good. Yes, this is true, right? So, so what I did I know, is I, I have my compliant. It, I have, it's really cool. I have all my repository in Azure DevOps, okay, of scripts, because now I can get from everywhere that I want, okay? Uh, I I upload all my scripts there. So when this was, um, they changed this and they do it. Now I just need to run the command to update this uh, word because this is just updating a word. Of course, that you have way more functionality and switches that are available with the AZ PowerShell uh, uh, commands uh, or modules, in this case, not commands that you have on, on Azure RM. But if you are the basic ones, just updating in this case the verb of Azure RM to AZ, it should be sufficient for you to be able to run the command, generally speaking. Okay. That's a good advice, generally speaking. Um, and I think that you're correct because I have updated a number of my commands. Uh, as you know, I love doing um, exhaustive demos sometimes. And uh, I like to cross over between CLI and PowerShell yeah. in Azure Cloud Shell. Um, it's one of my favorite things. You know, I'm an old command line guy. Uh, I just, uh, the mouse thing drives me crazy sometimes. Uh, and my very dedicated massage therapist will tell you that my forearm is garbage from the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not everyone ever dedicated, like an Azure dedicated host. You have a massage therapist dedicated. I'm very lucky. I have somebody in my family who's uh, not only beautiful and smart, but also very talented as a uh, RMT. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> okay, I think we should move on in this case. Yeah, we really should. We are going down very easily, and I think we should control ourselves a little bit more. So, uh, sticking with your magical theme of leprechauns and leap years, uh, we do have another special update about Azure App Gateway analytics uh, being retired, right? So, uh, what does this actually mean for us, Marcos? Uh, I think uh, we we use a lot of application gateways, which is really yeah. just a layer seven load balancer, right? Yes. But uh, it we use them a lot. Um, I think I think I even have a few deployed in my own testing tenant. Uh, to be honest with you, right now. Um, because uh, I was I was doing some fun work actually. We should talk after this recording, but um, there's some cool stuff with uh, Azure App Gateway Analytics. Uh, what did this move to? We want to move to uh, Azure Monitor Network Insights. Yes. Right. So uh, here's that push. They're trying to unify uh, where we see the reporting and uh, analytics data which is really good because it means less blades that we have to click on. Yeah. Uh, as you know, we've had a, a really big uh, kind of a security push from Microsoft over the winter months here, Yeah. which I think has been great. Actually, it's been awesome. Absolutely. And a lot of clients that we've worked with have uh, expressed what I like to call dashboard fatigue. Yes. <laughs> so. and, and, and it's not only that. The, this Azure Network Monitoring Insights, as you mentioned, is directly attached to one of our new favorite tools, that is Azure Sentinel. Yes, sir. That is correct. So we are getting, if you move this, and now starting to see that Azure Sentinel is, is, is growing tremendously day by day, the usage, the way that they are, updating uh, the functionalities and the way that everyone is starting to work with Azure Sentinel and what Azure Sentinel can do. Um, it doesn't surprise me at all, to be very honest. They are giving us a, um, a fairly amount of time to just switching to this. And it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, for me, I think this one is going to be a, a easily transition because uh, if you want to work with Azure Sentinel, uh, in this case, the application gateway analytics doesn't perform as well as the Azure Monitor, Azure Monitor Networking Insights. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and you will be kind of forced, not because of the end date, but because of the tools that you want to play, not to play, to work with. In this case, it's more Azure Sentinel. This is my well, we my get to take play with it that. because it's in somebody else's environment. But um, when uh, when Microsoft was starting that push, and I had my first couple of engagements with it, um, as you know, I did set up Sentinel in my own stuff, and uh, I believe you may have dabbled as well. Yeah. And I've been actually loving it because uh, it actually it gives me great assurance. And it helps me feel even a little bit better about when I have to connect uh, to client systems because it gives me another check and balance that's fully automated. It's darn near real time. It's so fast. And uh, all of the security logs from my tablet, my laptop, all of my systems, uh, all of the household systems 
all go back to my own tenant. And I integrated all that own, uh, the, the alerting and everything uh, for my own systems. And I, I think it's fantastic because then I can actually show and tell my client, hey, you know, I'm actually using Sentinel in my own environment. Yeah. Here, let me do a screen share. Let's have a look. I love sharing it because it's such a cool advancement. I don't want to get too sidetracked with it. We should do a special Sentinel episode. No, I, absolutely. I, actually, I even use, yeah. I, 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 like, like you said, I use Sentinel at my house as well, at my environment. And uh, I do for other purposes. For example, I have my, my son that is a heavily Fortnite gamer. And, and sometimes I want to do this type of videos, right? Uh, this type of recordings that I do require bandwidth. And, and a lot of times I even I want to watch like Netflix or a movie or something like that. And the internet is so laggy. Uh, that I'm going directly, and this is too geek, I know, but we are allowed to do this on this podcast, is I'm going to Wire Sentinel to dig what is what is going on on the network, to start to seeing where all the bandwidth that I have is going forward. And I'm starting to think that I will have a second internet connection just to make sure that I can have peace of mind while I'm working. And again, it's another secure way that we can connect especially for those um, more secure networks that we need to connect to that we don't need to affect any other type of, of, of device at home. Besides that, it's what I love about that is attaching the Microsoft 365 cloud services with all the things that I have at home with all Absolutely. the windows and endpoints and all of that. So I can literally have almost like in zero trust, zero touch kind of um, way that I can manage the devices and endpoints, at least yeah, that I, I have can to learn I have to more manage. about OS deployments. I've, uh, I have to admit, uh, I have never been a fan of learning more than I had to know at the time about deploying OS as automated. Uh, that's why oh. I've been very grateful for Azure because I can do, yes. <laughs> I can do it all through CLI. But the but. thing that you like about about the thing I'm saying right now, and it's a little bit out, out of scope of this, is I implemented and you think, oh, probably it's overkill. It isn't. In my case, it isn't. It saved me a lot of time. I implemented autopilot here at my family. And especially because I have young kids that they are on on middle uh one is on on uh, uh junior high school uh, the young teenage years exactly and a lot of times they try to just do it and before i do anything else uh i just reset the the the, the device it's way easier and when i reset the device i don't need to spend hours configuring that so i spend i spend sometimes configuring the autopilot so now what they need to do is to log in with their credentials. Um, they are not using passwords. Uh, they are using passwordless, so they are using MFA for do, for doing that. So it's I know that is a little bit geek, but yes, uh, uh, we need we need to I need to implement that to just my own sanity. Otherwise, I spend my own time just troubleshooting what's going on with their devices. And, and all of that. So I implemented uh, our uh, autopilot, Windows autopilot at my home. And I have to say, oh my God, 
they already know what they what they need to do, and I don't care anymore. I just received an email saying that oh, a new device is being or the update is being refreshed, and that's okay. And I just ask, what do you did this time? <laughs> <laughs> but see, I like that, and uh, I don't I don't actually think that it's too far out of scope because we're really here talking about Azure services. Yeah, this and, is not Azure uh, service. It's it's a three sixty five, right? Yeah, it's a 360. It's a, there's a lot of crossover, right? Like we've talked about that offline yeah. lots. There's so much crossover, but uh, I think it's important for our viewers and listeners to understand. You know, this is just a snapshot of uh, you know what we actually do. Um, you know, what like everybody else, uh, you only see just that little slice. Exactly. You never know how deep the iceberg really is. Exactly uh, under the surface. So. Uh, we tend to dabble in all of these crazy things, uh, and uh, clearly, I am behind the times. I am a dinosaur because I still use USB stick for my imaging at home. <laughs> no, no, no! <laughs> I already, I already got got rid of that. I, I give, I give my son uh, a few bucks to spend on Steam, and I say, "Hey, listen, you just take care of this imaging here, would you?" All right. Cool. And then I go on about my merry way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you should you should you should share with me uh, offline probably. Uh, I mean, if you want to do it now, fine. But we should pause for the sake of our listeners. <laughs> no, that's okay. But it was a good segue because uh, the 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 next update is related to this, and is related is. to the Azure AD Connect. So Microsoft becomes Canadian. Okay, and they start this update with the Canadian way that is please. It was not sorry, but it's please upgrade your Azure AD Connect Sync to a newer version by the February 29 of 2024. So they are already putting in advance. They say please upgrade your Azure AD Connect in the next three years. <laughs> It's true. Um, so every time uh, I engage with a client, I do a lot of, uh, as you know, exchange. Uh, what do I want to call that? Remediation <laughs> with clients. And uh, I did learn from the master, of course, uh, <laughs> the beautiful and intelligent Marcos Nogueira here with me today. <laughs> Thank you. Very welcome, sir. But uh, on a serious note, though, like Azure AD Connect is a big part of the foundation that we create our hybrid relationships with uh, yeah. uh, for identity, right? So this, uh, if you don't use it or you don't know, Azure AD Connect is what helps us extend our Windows Server Active Directory identity into Azure Active Directory, yeah. which then enables us to use you know, Microsoft 365 services, Azure services, all of those things. Yeah. So uh, every time I connect with a new client, I always have that little bit of discovery. And this is stop number four on my list. And the reason I know it's stop number four off the top of my head is because every single bloody time, hey, why are you running the version from 1942 on your systems? And why do you not have one that is on standby? Yeah. 
I mean, such big companies, huge budgets, critical workloads, emphasis on zero downtime, and then they create this pinch point of a, a single point of failure with Azure AD Connect. Uh, it's so frequent that I had to have a rant about it. <laughs> and, and it's not only that. I, I would like to add something that is... The reason that you, you should update this is because when they update Azure AD Connect, they are updating new functionalities. Okay? That's correct. So, for example, if you want... The seamless single sign-on, the SS, the triple SO, right? You need to have on the version of Azure D Connect, okay? Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. you don't have that that functionality. For example, if you want pass through uh, Ash in this case, uh, you need to be exactly on that. And that's the point that Microsoft is doing. It's not like leave that and forget it. Yes, Azure D Connect. There is a lot of talking about why this why is this service not a high availability service and a lot of that because it's not it's so easy to just configure right it is and 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 it's not a main service because the only thing that will do is you will not synchronize right with um will not synchronize the delta uh, of with on-prem to the cloud and vice versa if you have if you have reverse as well right and that's the part of it but still like you mentioned there is that part and there is the part of sometimes saying hey I don't it's not working this I'm trying to synchronize and I'm not seeing this working and a lot of those times like bullet point like stop number four it's like which version are you running of Azure D Connect? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like the pass through authentication, password hash, and Azure uh, Azure AD app proxy. Yes. Another big stop along that yeah. way now yeah. too, right? Absolutely. So we have to make sure that we're keeping these things current. It is a foundation service. Uh, I agree. I don't think it has to run in HA. Um, it's a. It's typically a. Can uh, you know? Depending if you use password right back, yeah. which really, if you're hybrid, you should be. And, but. and we and that part of, of of not running this is because we previous to this we had the our good friend the ADFS, the AD mm -hmm. Federation mm -hmm. Service. That is a service <laughs> that <laughs> that oh my god, I have so many so many nightmares with that, but that's okay. Um, we've had our we've had our battles uh, together with ADFS over the years as well. Completely, but and that service is it's way more uh, relying on availability because it's the way that it does. does the authentication. That this this doesn't do any authentication. This basically goes the synchronization, and the only thing it does is when you do the the pass through ash or, or the ash that you that you are using. You are oh, but just... you can put this on multiple servers, though. You can put PTA and seamless single sign-on on multiple other systems, and then you do have high availability with that. For example. Because you have, like, what, seven days or something now, 10 days now? Yeah. It, it used to be three days, then it was five days. Now I, I'm positive it's, like, seven or Yeah, two. and the difference of ADFS, it's, it's real-time, right? You need to have it that. Is. It has in... to be high availability. Yes, and that's and, the main reason. Uh, yeah, and it is going to be retired in the future. So 
Uh, as you know, uh, I do have a client that's still using uh, ADFS. Actually, I have three clients that are still using ADFS. <laughs> and uh, they are making plans and moving to um, other yeah. systems, right? Yeah. Azure, uh, better Azure integration yeah, absolutely. with the software. Uh, oftentimes now when we see that, like in a case recently that uh, I, I did phone a friend and I did talk to you about that with an ADFS customer. And uh, they're using it to help bridge a gap in their migration plan because they also have an Azure migration plan in place right yeah. now uh, to increase their hybrid uh, situation. Yeah. So there's, you know, every organization is always in a different spot and it's tough to see. Sometimes uh, one of the things we have to remember to do, especially when it comes to our infrastructure and our organizational scope is stand up and come out of the weeds once in a while Absolutely. because you can't see everything when you're down in the trenches. Absolutely. You have to get up, uh, you know, take a week off. And I mean that, like turn off your BlackBerry or your... BlackBerry? Uh, what's, a, what's another old phone? I'm try I was trying to go for a theme, your Nokia 310. <laughs> <laughs> and really enjoy your week off with no pages, no pager duty, no emails, just really disconnect from work. But my good friend, and if you have a, no a Nokia 310, you are already disconnected. <laughs> <You're> already disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a redundancy. <laughs> it's not a high availability. Okay, okay. I, th I think <laughs> let's, let's go on on, on, on the show. And let's oh, move to so this one. Of being on vacation and going around the world to our good friends in Indonesia. Congratulations. Very much so. Absolutely. I don't I don't know how loud I should clap with the microphone so close. Yes. <laughs> and I apologize <laughs> if you got if you got a little bit with here a loss. Uh, but we were excited <laughs> because again We are excited. It's, it's a new, new Azure region. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's the first data center region in Indonesia. Indonesia. Congratulations, everybody. Congratulations. That's amazing. So 24 million Indonesians are, are expected to uh, be utilizing the Azure data center region by the end. Are you ready for this? Of 2021. Yeah. What? That is this year, my friend. Yeah, it is. And it's not Talk only that. Microsoft announced that they plan to scale additional 3 million Indonesian to empower that that so means that we will have an increase of three million viewers on our podcast oh my god for multiple digits i think we might be tied to legacy code <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh jokes aside congratulations this is really cool though this is a this has been a long time coming yeah um as uh, you know uh, all of the different jokes and weirdness aside uh, Indonesia is really uh, an important source of knowledge yes. for the rest of the world. It so is. when we think about Canada, Canada really utilizes immigration, right? Yeah. Um, I think that you're a very good example of that. Yeah. I'm very glad that you came to Canada and I had the chance to meet you. Otherwise, I'd be talking to myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, or I've been doing this, this podcast in Portuguese, though. probably, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, absolutely. But so, so yeah, right. And it, it's a serious thing um, because uh, Microsoft is also very much invested in Indonesia 
for uh, offshore labor. Um, I know there's all kinds of jokes, good and bad, surrounding these things when it comes to call centers and help that's offshore from North America. Uh, I actually don't really buy into that a whole lot on the negative yeah. side because I actually really love when I call Microsoft that I get somebody who knows like that thin slice of absolute expert knowledge that I need to help me because let's face it, we phone a friend, uh, you know, pretty frequently. Yeah. I would say I probably phone maybe two or three times a year for a support ticket. feels frequent to me. It might not be, I don't know. But uh, when I create that ticket, I know I'm getting somebody who really knows like the nitty gritty deep dive knowledge of Exchange or Azure AD problem or whatever it is, the challenge that we're facing. And uh, I think it's really cool because it's going to train so many more people and it's going to help continue to drive that. And we're going to see better knowledge and labor yeah. coming out of there. And that's what, I, that's what I like. That's the part I love. And yeah. it's this whole CI model and extending the data center region there isn't just simply extending a data center region. It's the same as when we talked about the data center region in Brazil as well. Yeah. Uh, it really is so significant to the local people there. It's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. That's okay. <laughs> the, another update that we have for this week is it's, it's a lot of those... Um, I think this week the theme is the retirement or the announcement of the leap day um, or the next leap day in this case. Uh, start using new alerts in Azure Monitor for Azure China 21 Vianet. Uh, mm -hmm. so and that's the China version yes, of Azure, Azure because there's some legal and monitoring requirements from Chinese government. Yes. So uh, to be able to offer... Uh, the awesomeness of Azure in China, 21 Vianet is the way that Microsoft enables that, right? Exactly. And okay. what they are saying, and that and that's a very good point. Uh, what they are saying is, instead of having the classic alerts that you have, you should move to the new alerts that will enable you to just having way more experience, faster, smarter, and with more extensible and I think it's it's really good that even on the very big country, like one of the big, I think it's the biggest country in the world. That's uh, the most popular. Or the most populated yeah. one in this case. Uh, yes. Uh, they have different regions inside of, of China, but they are, like like you mentioned, with the 21 uh, Vianet. But is is something that they are still improving. It's not because of that. And they have... Oh, it doesn't... Yeah, there's no different, uh, big difference in yeah. the cadence for it. No. They still update all of the products. So I just want to point out with that uh, update that in that uh, blog update, there is a link that says migration tool. Yeah. And uh, there's a little bit of a, hey, before you upgrade, and then it kind of walks you through using uh, the the migration tool. So really cool that they're providing that migration tool yeah. in this case. I just wanted to call that one. No, out. absolutely. And Azure Monitor in this case, it's getting the new alerts as well. Exactly the same thing that we're talking about, but in this case for the Azure Government Cloud. So they are updating in this case the China, and they are updating as well the Azure Monitor on the Government Cloud. So. Exactly the same update, 
by this case for two different aspects of uh, Azure Monitor inside of Azure World. One is on China and the other one is on the government cloud in this case. So this government cloud is even different because as China is a totally different data center and uh, and a dif- uh, not a different region, but it doesn't have exactly the same way that the other it regions physical have it. separation and yes. a service fabric separation. Right? That is. In this case, it's a totally different separation of the Azure commercial. This is yeah. dedicated for Azure government only. And now you can have okay. exactly the same alerts that we talked on, on the previous update regarding Azure government, which right. is... So there's, and there's a way different cadence yes. to the updates in Azure government. So uh, classic alerts has been retired since the end of August two years ago yeah. in public cloud. But now in 2024, five years later, it's going to be enforced in the government cloud. Yes. So... Uh, you know, there's lots of reasons for that, not the least of which is there's cost and labor limitations in Azure uh, uh, resources for Azure government, uh, the government entities. Yeah. And Azure and Microsoft do a really cool job of partnering with all the local and state, federal, provincial, federal governments, Canada, U.S., to make sure that everybody has what they need. Exactly. And typically in government, it moves a little slower. Than in private industry, it's more so, process based, and I, I and I think exactly. because of all of that, and that's why they are saying that you have the next three years to do that instead of giving like a very short period of short of time that they will exactly. not able to respond yeah. to that. Uh, it's not that they're too slow. That's not at all what I meant. Uh, I do want to clarify that yeah. because we have lots of friends in government. Yes, that, we do. Uh, we work with and have worked with over the years. Yes, but. Uh, it's it's your and you're right. It's there's more process. We have to be in that case more careful. Yes. Because us, you and I, the regular public people, we typically demand that government services are perfect every time. Yeah. And that means they have to be way more careful because in private industry, although we do have the the liberty of having some downtime here and there as well, we also get the freedom to make mistakes. But uh, it's much much more uh, pressure on government resources to not make mistakes. Absolutely. So uh, that's a good thing, and uh, that's part of their process. So I just I did want to clarify that because I thought uh, as I played that back when I talked in my head, uh, I thought you know maybe that didn't sound the way it did to me. That's okay, my friend. <laughs> that's okay. I think everyone by now are 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 fully aware what we were saying in this case. And, and knowing a little bit uh, you. The next one, <laughs> the next one is a kind of a, a sad moment, I have to say. Uh, that they are this retiring the, the classic Azure Migrate, okay, uh, on the leap day. Again, the leap day over here, it's the theme of this podcast. It is. Um, we always have a theme. It's leap year today. Yeah. <laughs> It's, but this is where I fell in love with Azure Migrate exactly. on this classic version. That's why I'm saying it's a sad moment because this it is, is where I started. I start you to push into the Azure world, if you remember correctly. It was. And that's what I mean as this is kind of where I fell in love because it's where I realized that my different way of thinking isn't actually different. Uh, I just wasn't sitting in the right chair yeah. at the time. Yeah. 
Right. And and these uh, two seven we touch on that once in a while. I like I love talking about my history. Absolutely. Because I really hope that somebody's listening and gets motivated to kind of get up out of their chair and do a little more. That's all I want. And and I have to say that I have some kind of sentimental connection with with this because it was for a long period of time one of my favorite fixture uh, of Azure and it did save me and it saved a lot of organizations oh. that we work um, a lot of times. I remember when we had, for example, in Canada, I don't remember which year was it, but here in Canada, a few years back that we have these wildfires in the Saskatchewan yeah. province uh, that I remember that uh, some good friend of mine and another MVP called me on Sunday night, say, hey, I need your, your help as well and your expertise. We need to save the school. And we were able, using this tool, to save the school, uh, all the workloads, all the data and everything else into Azure. We even pull out Microsoft. And at that time, I remember that was one of the success cases, in this case for Microsoft, it is in Canada, um, to just how to utilize this tool on a very fashion way. So in a how, if my memory doesn't betray me, in a hour and a half or two hours, something like that, we were able to save the school uh, of getting burned or get destroyed all the students' records. Luckily, right, because the, I, I remember the story and yeah. I know the other MVP you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and they love telling this story too. Exactly. Because, and I love, actually, I love to hear it because I love to draw a bit more out uh, on it. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I do wish that people could hear about Microsoft is how the MVPs and Microsoft employees, I want to add that because I, I think it's overlooked sometimes, but Microsoft in general and MVPs, they really go, they go all out. Completely. When somebody phones and they press that 911 button for Microsoft and they say, hey, we have a real emergency with our data, with our systems, we need help. They don't stop until the problem is solved. Absolutely. And that's 24 hours a day. Yeah, They rotate around the world in shifts or in your case and the, and the other MVPs, uh, they worked, uh, you guys worked like for something like two, or two and a half days straight, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that that brings it across the line, my friend. I, it really matters because uh, that's the kind of, like the, that's the spirit that I wish people uh, knew more about Microsoft in that way. Yeah. Uh, they're so helpful and absolutely. they really care yeah, yeah. about, like I they agree. actually care about the people and the customers. And in this case, like uh, uh, just maybe a few thousand students or something, right? Yeah. Like, what do you think about like three or four thousand people? That's a very small number, a relatively small amount of data when we talk about data centers. Yeah. But it's critical data. It's important, and it's life changing for those people. Absolutely. So yeah. Anyways, just a big shout out. That's there. okay, uh, but because, but it's uh, a good segue. I, I wish people knew that. It is a good segue for the next update. Uh, that is the Azure Site Recovery because that was the tool that we're talking about. You betcha. Okay. ASR. Our ASR, good our good friend. Uh, that is coming to the Rollate 54. That is, uh, it becomes GA and is February. Again, this is not the first time we're talking about the roll-up in this case of ASR uh, on the podcast. First of all, I like to remember that 
if you are starting doing this, you're starting on the portal and you're moving down to the to the appliance, in this case that you have, using the OVF, so there is a new version of OVF, and you're going down to the to the provider, to the site recovery provider, and you're going down to the agents. So please update all of that. That is, yeah. in the two seconds, it's the sequence that you should update your roll-up update. But in this roll-up, I have to say that I'm really pleased one thing. They increase the data disks of VMware up to <laughs> we 32 terabytes in size. Yeah, that's a that's a massive, a massive. And I remember so many uh, customer sites that we've worked with over the, uh, the times with ASR that we have hit limitations and said, OK, so as part of uh, implementing ASR, we have to take this disk or that disk and yeah. we need to split it up below these data sizes for compatibility. Exactly. So this is a big step. And forward. it is huge because if I remember correctly, the previous configuration that we have available, it was four terabytes. I th I think you're right. I haven't seen an update since four terabytes. Uh, I don't monitor this one yeah. as close as I used to, to be honest. But uh, either way, even if it was at 16, uh, that's doubled to 32. Yeah. And that means that IaaS disk sizes are also improving along with this, right? Exactly. And they have to do that. They have to allow, in this case, Azure first on a disk size to allow everything else to cascade all those updates to all the services that they are using that service as well. And, and in that this makes case, me think, did we, did we miss an update about uh, about disk size restrictions with VMs? Uh, no, we, we didn't miss that. It was previous on when we started this show that they update this. Right now, I think this is the size that they have. For the maximum, yeah, it must have been close to when we started yeah, doing this. Probably was because because I was trying to figure out did we miss it. I remember uh, that part. I remember that part. But yes, like okay. you mentioned, I had several clients that they have specially those VMs with storage that they have specially on those SQL servers, SQL workloads, oh my gosh. and file servers yes, and all of that. Special SQL, Oracle workloads running in VMware, all these different kinds of scenarios. It was right? it was a pain to just oh. kind of. We had to do, we have to plan, in this case, the, the, the tear down, in this case, of that storage, provisioning another storage apart, creating that disks or that volumes inside of and, Windows. And so, sometimes it, was it means that uh, either, you know, ASR gets ruled out as an option mm -hmm. uh, as part of a DR or a migration yeah. strategy, yeah. or that we have a one-off that's an exemption. And yeah. those, uh, I absolutely despise exemptions uh, because then it makes everything non-standard. So if you're doing one exemption, you might as well do five because now you have exceptions to all the rules that you just put in place. So I think uh, this is really cool because uh, this means it's going to open the doors, not only with just the bigger disk size availability, yeah. but the fact that it's just more flexible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Absolutely. if you didn't catch on, we love ASR around here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. if you can take one thing about this update is me, me and Andrew, we love ASR. I don't know if you yeah. noticed that part, but yeah. But with this update, it comes to the end of our show this week on this episode. Uh, we have a lot of good things about it. 
Um, a lot of announcements on, on, on the Leap Year. If you can have a team, it's going to be the weekly updates of the Leap Year or the next Leap Year in this case, right? This is true, yeah, in 2024. 2024. Yeah, so, so yeah, and, and we will review this at 2024. We always come back and say, can you see when we make this, let me see, when we make this going up, uh, probably this, this way, going up and to see that part, we will link to this video. But yes, once again, oh, thank you very much. Episode coming up in the next three years. Exactly. Folks. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget to like uh, the video in this case. Send us the print screen if you like it or, or just comment. And we will send you a very customizable uh, calendar event for not, for not forgetting all of those updates that we mentioned this year. Uh, once again, thank you very much. Andrew, for being part of this. Um, thank you for and thank you, thank you for listening. And see you, uh, in this case, uh, next week.